0: Riverside. Hey everybody. Welcome back to another episode of our podcast. I'm Lucas. I got Chris and Uri here. And before we came, came out, Chris and Uriah have agreed to a fun little in-season bet that we have going on. So here's the deal. Like last year, between me and Chris, we had a bet that I thought Ben Simmons wasn't going to get traded until the offseason, Chris said, during the season. Chris won, so I had to change my Twitter profile to me wearing a Ben Simmons shirt. This year... They are betting who has more total minutes by the All-Star break, Paul Reed or Matisse Theibel. Chris is betting Paul Reed. Chris wins, Uriah has to wear a Hau Nettle shirt. If Uriah wins and he's betting on Matisse Theibel, then Chris has to wear a Trey Burke shirt.
1: I'm changing the terms. Chris has to get a hairstyle exactly like Matisse Theibel.
0: I don't think that would work.
1: Just get I don't some hair. work, get some hair gel or something.
0: No, it doesn't work like no, 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 no. We're keeping I'll the, get my uh, hair like netto.
1: I can get a netto haircut and he can get a Thibault haircut. No, 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 no. I no no no. I I,
0: I want to do let's let's do the shirt. Let's keep it simple. Let's do the shirts. We already agreed on that. We're gonna do that. You're right, don't try to change the terms and conditions. You've already agreed.
1: <laughs> I just can't wait to win and rub it in his face and all the haters. <laughs> That are complaining, oh, he can't shoot. He can't stay on the floor. Watch. watch. Well, I, I will well, be paying
2: for the shirt and just, yeah. So it's all good, guys. You can't stay on the floor if you're not on the floor to begin with. That's all I'll say. Um, yeah. Let's talk about the six. <laughs> that's now. all you'll say because that's, that's all, all you, you say? can say. There's nothing it's, else. It's the truth. <laughs> He's not playing. Anyways. Wow. Let's go through the preseason now, guys. Let's talk a little bit here about the Charlotte game to start things out. Lucas, which starters stood out the most to you?
0: In a negative way, I can't believe I'm saying this because I'm on the Tyrese Maxey bandwagon, but it's Tyrese Maxey. Not a great showing for him. Uh, Nine points, three of 13 shooting. Not not the best night for Max. He did have a good defensive night, three steals, but just clearly was off his game for whatever reason. Uh, but yeah, I would say he and then just like the other two role players, Harrison Tucker, like they were 0-5 for one point in the game. That's not a good look.
2: I mean, this is pretty like by a pretty solid margin, the worst preseason game of the four for Philly um, is their least impressive performance, especially from the starters. Mm-hmm. Only the second time we've seen Joel, third time we've seen James, so we haven't really seen this group together that much. Um, it, you know, I'm not going to sit here and panic over a preseason game. They ended up winning. Mm-hmm. It, it really doesn't mean anything in the grand scheme of things. I'm not worried one bit. This is. A pretty good Joel game, 19 points in 23 minutes, six boards. Got into some foul trouble early, but Joel looked comfortable. This was James's best game of the preseason so far. He hit four threes, had 17 points. Looked pretty good driving the lane. Like Those two having their best games of the preseason is positive enough for me. I agree, like Tobias and Tyrese just weren't really there much. We had a bit of an injury scare with PJ, which was not fun but everyone's healthy going into the regular season. That's what's important. P.J. and Joel collided at the end of the first half, but we're both back on the floor to start the second half. Um, Again, though, Philly ended up winning 99-94. They went 4-0 in the preseason, Lucas. Let's talk about the bench group in this Charlotte game. Who stood out to you there?
0: I'll leave Montrez to you because I know he's starting to become one of your favorites. So I'll go with Julian Champagne. He, this is another good performance for me. He had two out of three of his performances have been good. This is another good one for him. Five points, uh, two of four from the field, one of two from downtown, four rebounds, long athletic guy, six eight. Might have a real future here. Just kind of – we got to wait for him to develop, get more comfortable on offense. But I, I like what I saw from the young guy.
2: Yeah, me too. Yeah. Um... You know, credit to Matisse for putting in a really good six and a half minutes. Um, Montrez, let's talk about Montrez. 14 points, six rebounds. Just a really fun guy to watch. Of course. You know, I I mean, he's just really efficient inside. Playing off of James and Tyrese, he's going to get a lot of good looks at the rim. I I don't think any of us had concerns about him producing offensively with this team. We know that he can score a lot of points. It's why he won sick man of the year under doc in LA. He's quite good at putting the ball in the basket. Once he's inside five feet. Defense is uh, another concern. He brings plenty of energy and effort. So you got to give him credit for that. He crashes the glass and he's like out of his mind half the time, which I can appreciate, but Yeah, just a really great offensive backup and a really good third, second strength center, whatever he ends up being. Um, Obviously notable that he got the backup duty over Paul Reed tonight. Um, I I don't think it's terribly Uh, shocking that Doc is, like, trying both guys out. It seems like that. It's it's what Doc has been talking about all preseason, all training camp, is using both of them, so...
0: I and to be makes, fair, I think this is – sorry, go ahead. No, go. I was just going to say, I think this is the matchup to do it. Let's face it, Charlotte has never had a really good center since Al Jefferson. And, yeah, I threw out Al Jefferson your eye. Right. I know that would make you smile. Um, so, like, look, Harold's going to feast against these type of big men that are still kind of like either Miles Plumlee, who's like a average center – or like these young up-and-comers that still haven't really figured it out yet. So I, I think there are going to be matchups. This seems like the right matchup to have Harrell get the majority of minutes. You don't really need the defense as much as you would need it in other matchups against bigger big men. So I'm all for Harold getting minutes here. I do want to note something, Chris. Didn't see Charles Bassey or Isaiah Joe. They're both fighting for a roster spot. And here's my crazy thought. What if neither one of them get it? Look, we're very close to the uh, tax apron in terms of luxury tax. They could end up cutting uh, bait with both and leaving two ro- uh, an open roster spot available later in the season. Uh, I don't like that, but that, that that's a possibility.
2: Yeah, I, I don't really – I don't know why they would do that. It doesn't seem like a Daryl kind of thing to do unless there's, like, real pressure from ownership to cut a million dollars from the salary – I mean, neither you're making a lot of money. Yeah, no, I don't disagree. I'm just saying it's a possibility.
0: Look, and there are some quality free agents still available if you need it or potential trade. Who knows?
2: Yeah, I mean, like I, I like to think in my heart of heart that Maury is smart enough to not choose Carmelo Anthony over Isaiah Drow, but I'm not. So, you know, yeah, no, 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 I can I get it. Yeah. Uh, I I'm assuming Asadro is going to get the last spot. That's the safe bet.
0: Yeah, safe bet. Yeah, but like I, it was weird that neither one of them played in this last last game, but literally everybody else.
2: Yeah, it's it's weird. It's definitely a pretty solid indicator of Doc's feelings about Asadro. It's clear that he does not view him as
0: like he played the two way player.
2: Yeah, does not view him as part of the rotation. Um, but you know. Overall, this was not the Sixers' best game, but the second unit put on a really good show in the second half. Let it come back. There was a 15-3 to 3 run at one point once the starters sat. Um, Montrez was kind of the leader of that run, so he deserves a lot of credit. And so does the rest of the second unit. George Niang, Daniel House, Shake came in and gave some good minutes. Matisse was pretty good in his six minutes. Like There, there were yeah. plenty of guys who deserved credit in that second half.
0: Yeah, look, Shake has really looked good as a backup point guard this preseason in limited minutes, but still, I think he looked, hes looked pretty good.
2: Yeah, I mean, notable that Philly only really used nine guys in the first half this time, and Shake was the guy that got cut. Not super surprising, but something—it
0: could be fun. a preview. Yeah, it could be a preview of a playoff rotation for sure. So, yeah, we can kind of broaden this uh, this conversation, Chris, and let's talk about what did we learn from the last four preseason games? Six is all done preseason now. So what what have we learned?
2: Um, I mean, I think in general it's really not wise to try to learn too much from the preseason. I, I think we learned the basic outline of Doc's rotation. Like we know the first – four, three, four perimeter guys off the bench. And we know that Montrez and Paul Reed are going to duke it out for back up five minutes. Like we know the core backups. We know that Matisse and Furkan and Isaiah Joe are kind of on the outside looking in right now. That's notable. Um, I, I think we learned that Tyrese is looking pretty good and could be in line for a pretty significant third year leap. Um, you know, with the exception of that Charlotte game, he was the best player on the court by a country mile. So there's a lot of reason to be excited about Maxie. And yeah, look, I mean, they're 4-0. It's the preseason, not all of those games were won strictly in the first half with the starters out there, but they're a very deep team. They have a lot of guys who played at a very high level. All the new guys looked good. Daniel House looks great. PJ looks good. Montrez looks good. Milton looks good. Like, all those guys are clearly going to play varying degrees of important roles for this team. So, the new guys are panning out. That's really nice to see. Yeah, no,
0: I I agree. I just like seeing that Doc's being a little bit more flexible with his center rotation. I think we all were kind of sick and tired of Doc's center rotation last year. The fact that he's willing to be flexible, or at least showing that he is early on. Is a good sign. I think that's that's the main thing I took away from this. Also, that Tyrese Maxey is going to be
2: really, really, really good this year. Yeah, so, absolutely. Yeah. That, like, that, I mean, yeah. we could go down the list for every guy. Like, I, I I think James. There's plenty of positive stuff with the negatives for James. Like, like I I think overall it was a very positive four game stretch. Like, not a ton of huge complaints for me, which is a nice spot to be in. This team has been not a team where we can say, oh, we don't have that many complaints. That's not something we've normally been able to say about the Sixers, so it's a nice spot to be in. They're very deep. They're well-rounded. Everyone's healthy. You know, knock on wood, things are set up to be, be pretty
1: good this season. I just want to say that Harden... If you look at the difference from last season and this season, remember how many times he drove the lane and he got stuffed, he got denied, and it was it was really not ideal for him, you know at this point of his game. It shows that he's slowing down. so if you look at the those past four games, especially tonight, he didn't force it himself to the rim. He pulled up mid range, came around screens, pulled up. And he shot, I think, three, if I'm not mistaken, uh, catch and shoot three. So that tells me that he's adapting his game, and and that could mean only good things for the Sixers.
0: Yeah. I do want to – I was looking over the box score real quick here, guys. You know who got playing time over Isaiah Jones and Charles Bassey in tonight's game? Michael Foster, Jr., he was a summer league standout. He was on Ignite last year. Sixers signed him as an un, you know non-guaranteed contract. Wouldn't it be something if he made the team over those two? I don't think that's the case because I, yeah. I clearly think Isaiah Joe is a better player. But you know what? It, it does make me raise my eyebrows slightly. Um, so, Chris, next question is, what gives you optimism about this season compared to the previous season with Embiid? Pre- previous seasons with them be
2: yeah again I we talk about it every episode at this point but the sixers are much deeper than we are accustomed to and you know I that's just even in the preseason it's been pretty striking the difference between this year's bench and last year's bench this year's supporting cast and like the difference between PJ in the starting five versus Danny or Matisse is is pretty significant. Like that's a major upgrade just in the starting five at that fifth spot. And then off the bench you have guys like Daniel House and Melton. Both those guys are just straight up better than anyone Philly had coming off the bench last year. So they added new pieces who are all going to play pretty significant roles and they are all very complementary talents of each other. Like everyone fits, it feels like. Everyone's playing off of each other at a pretty high level in the very limited exposure that we've had these four preseason games like daniel house is, is just doing a lot of good things in a lot of different areas of the court he's playing great team basketball so i i i, I really think that's like the main source of optimism on top of the fact that maxi is going to be really good and james has another season summer of of experience with this group and this team specifically. Like him and Joel are gonna get better connected as the season goes on. They're gonna develop that pick and roll chemistry. They're gonna get better. Maxie and James are gonna get better. Maxie and Joel are gonna get better. All those guys are gonna progress over time. So that those would be my main sources of optimism.
1: So it was one point when I guess maybe third quarter when they had, uh, Melton, uh, Daniel house jr. And Montrose, Harold share in the court at the same time. And so that's like the, the new key additions to our roster. Right. Then in, I guess, garbage time, fourth quarter, you saw Thibel, shake, Milton, Niang, who else was, on Korkmaz. Oh, Cork Maz. And you saw all five of those guys who were in the Sixers last year, which con- constituted their bench compared to three guys who were playing earlier in the game, it just shows you how far we've come with additions on this team.
0: Yeah. You guys make some really good points. And I just want to build off of this. Now I heard this, I think this was from Zach Lowe, but I agree with Lowe on this. Is that for the first time in Joel's career, he does not have to make up for any deficiencies in the roster, whether it be shooting on offense or defensively covering up poor defenders. He doesn't have to worry about that this year. He can just focus on doing his thing. He doesn't have to try to cover up team weaknesses. And that's what gives me the most optimism is that Wells not going to have to worry about anybody else's job except his own, which is to be dominant. So I guess, Chris, on the inverse of that, what gives you some concern?
2: You know, I I mean, I think it's notable that just broadly speaking – Terrell still hasn't gotten out of the second round. Like, there's still, like, a burden of proof with this team that hasn't been met yet. Like, we we just don't know if they're truly capable of winning a championship. On paper, they are. On paper, this team is set up to compete at the highest level, but they still have to go out and do it. And until they do it, there's just some, like, natural baked-in level of skepticism that's going to be pretty hard for, I assume, every Sixer fan to shed. Like, we're all optimistic. We all think they can do it. But on the flip side of that is that they still haven't done it. And there are various different reasons and excuses for not having done it so far. Joel hasn't really put together a healthy postseason yet. Like there's, you know, the Ben Simmons thing. We can go down the list of what has held them back. But until they break that ceiling and get into the conference finals or the NBA finals, there's just going to be some level of, you know proof that hasn't been provided yet um and like look would it be nice if they had maybe one more guy who was a little bit better than shake at like creating off the dribble and putting pressure on the rim out of the perimeter shore james and tyrese at least one of them should be on the floor at all times but like you can nitpick but again the depth is really solid they cover a lot of ground a lot of the boxes are checked so I, I don't have any like, major overwhelming concerns as I've had in years past because there's really not a lot of holes you can poke in, in this team on paper.
0: Look, if, if I wanted to, I, you know what? I'll, I'll take the Doc Rivers uh, one on this one. Look, Doc Rivers has really not been successful, hasn't been to an NBA final since 2010, right? Well, on a loaded Boston Celtics team like the Sixers are loaded true but like look James Harden has never gotten past the conference finals and he's not that Harden anymore we don't even know like look Harden looks better than he did last year but he's not prime Harden i i totally expect Tyrese Maxey to be the second leading scorer this year and then that brings into question with Maxey like yeah he had that one really great quarter in the second in the second round last year against no it wasn't it wasn't the second round it was the first round against the memphis grizzlies right not memphis grizzlies sorry toronto raptors i'm getting my former canadian franchises mixed up anyway um against the toronto raptors like maxi hasn't proven it on the biggest stage either so like and neither has uh, the yeah there's a lot of unproven including doc rivers as of late so like yeah, I'm a little concerned, but like you know, uh, look, this team has the talent to get to the NBA Finals. It's pretty much on dock not to screw that up. I think that that's where we're at.
2: Yeah, like, like I I do not think the Sixers are the favorites in the East right now. Like I again going back they are back one to- of the favorites. I don't know if they're the favorite. Yeah, going back to burden of proof, like I think the smart bet would be on Milwaukee or Boston ahead of them.
0: Well, I don't know about Boston. I mean, don't get me wrong, I love Joe Missoula, but I don't I don't 'cause he's a WVU guy, but I don't know if he can coach
2: that team up to where it needs to be. Uh yeah, sure. Like that's a valid concern. But like in generally speaking, both those teams were significantly ahead of Philly in the playoffs last year. Miami, like, lost some, some punch this season, but they're gonna be really good. Cleveland's gonna be really good. Atlanta's gonna be better. We don't know about really the Nets teams. that there, there are a lot of good teams in the East, so the competition is going to be very stiff. So, if anything, the fact that the East has like nine playoff level teams is kind of a bummer if you are a Sixer fan because it's just going to be a gauntlet to get to the finals. You know, there are going to be a lot of hard tests mm-hmm. along the way. But
0: look, you are going to have to play at some point in the playoffs one of these four, three teams uh, in the second round you're going to have to either play Boston, Milwaukee, and Brooklyn, all of which provide com- like comparable matchup issues. Like Brooklyn's going to run you, run the Sixers more than any other team. The Celtics have two big men that can cause Joel problems in Al Horford and Robert Williams, and, then the, and the perimeter defenders to cause Tyrese and James problems. Same thing could be said for Milwaukee as well.
2: Well, I mean, so. and here's the thing. I don't even know if that's a guaranteed because Miami could beat one of those teams. Cleveland could beat one of those teams. Like, there are other groups in the mix. So.
0: I'd rather face Miami. Miami, I'm not – look, I will say this. I am not worried about Miami. Yes, they beat us last year, but yes, but Joel was not ne- – look, if we had Joel prior to the face injury, like, even the Joel with the messed up thumb still I think would have beaten Miami in, in my complete honesty. I think we could have beaten Miami with a healthy Joel even like 80 percent joel so but like joel got his face broken broken there was just no chance after that so my I, I i i'm not worried about miami they didn't get any better jimmy's another year older and unless Tyre, tyler hero is not a negative on defense and kyle lowry can
2: get back into shape like i'm not worried about miami and fair but on the flip side like just to be completely honest, the heat have been better than the Sixers ever since Jimmy got there. So Philly again has to prove themselves on that level before we can say with absolute confidence they're gonna beat all these teams.
0: I, I'm, so, I'm not I'm, hey, I'm just saying in my my opinion, I think we're already better than Miami. I, I They should Cleveland, be Cleveland Cleveland I'm worried about, wow. but I, I I'm not worried about this year. I'm worried about in the next two to five years. Like, Cleveland needs another year or two to figure things out. And uh, Allen still can't stop Joel. Allen and Mobley still can't stop Joel. Like, that, even though they're one of the best defensive duos, they cannot, they're too thin. They can't, they can't guard Joel. They got to bulk up more. So I'm not worried about Cleveland. Like I said, Miami, I mean, not Milwaukee, Boston, and the Nets are the only teams I'm worried about for matchup issues. And I've already stated that why. That's that's where I'm at on that. Yeah, that's fair.
2: All right, so let's go ahead and switch gears. Okay, let's go around the NBA now, Lucas. We are less than a week away from opening night, which happens to feature the Sixers and the Celtics, speaking of those two teams. (laughs) um, Lucas, I want you to give me three NBA teams other than Philly, that intrigue you this season for one reason or another, and elaborate on why. Okay,
0: I know I'm probably stealing one of yours by saying this, but technically I was a fan of them before this. Mm-hmm. The Minnesota Timberwolves.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Number i, I uh, over here.
0: <laughs> hey, hey, I was watching them back when Kevin Love was struggling. Okay, so don't don't get at me at that. Okay, I, I like Anthony Edwards. I thought he was a really good pickup. Cats always been intriguing. I don't think he's the best shooting big man in NBA history, but he's the second best behind Dirk, so I'll give him that. And Gobert, good pickup. D'Lo, I think will benefit from him as well. Like, look, the Timberwolves are going to be a fun team. So that's one. I'm watching the Detroit Pistons. I think they have a sneaky chance to be contenders for the play-in. I, I do, because, look, I like Jaden Ivey. I like Kate Cunningham as a backcourt. That's dangerous. Sadiq Bey, look, if his floor is now Luol Deng, that's a really good floor. And I think he could be better than Luol Deng, okay? So I, I like him there. And then you have Boyan. That was a really good pickup by them getting Bogdanovich in the in the offseason. And then whoever they have at center, whether it be Stewart or Durin or, you know, once Bagley gets healthy, they can probably play him a little bit at the five. Like I, I like it. I like the Detroit. I think they have a chance to make some noise. This last one is really because t- there's several teams that I'm interested in with this last one. I got to choose one though, don't I? I will say I am interested to see what happens with the Orlando Magic. Look, they're they're still without Jonathan Isaac and Markel Folds, and now they're without Jalen Suggs. But if healthy they got a lot of really good young players and I I like what they have building in my, in Orlando. So those
2: are my three teams. What about you, Chris? Uh, Well, Uh, you stole two of mine. So thank you. Really?
0: I'm sorry. (laughs) Which, which two, which Um, two?
2: Obviously Minnesota and um, Orlando just because, yeah. um, yeah, I mean, look, they got the number one pick, you know, I love a number one pick. I, I, well, um, apparently you love this number two pick in that draft more than the number one. It's true, but he's not playing this year. <laughs> um, yeah. 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 Like, I mean, Franz Wagner is going to be off the charts good this season. It's just, it's going to be a, a big time second year leap from him. I'm counting on it. Mm-hmm. Wendell Carter's really good. Like, that's a really awesome, versatile, mm-hmm. and talented front court that can do a lot of interesting things. And they're all like 6'9, 6'10. So that's going to be really fun to watch. Mm-hmm. The backcourt has a lot more question marks, like you said, like Jalen Suggs, was just not a good offensive player last year. Markel is hurt right now. Cole Anthony's probably more of a backup long term, but they have some good talent on that team, and they're going to be a lot of fun to watch. If they're not, it, I don't think they're going to be very good this year. I, I don't think they're just gonna with really all the injuries. Yeah, make the plan or anything, but they're going to put up some interesting lineups, and the future there is very bright. I, I will say that I was between them or the Pelicans. Yeah. So, scratching Minnesota for obvious reasons in Orlando, I'll pick three other teams. I, I mean, we've already talked about them, but I, I am genuinely pretty excited to see this Cleveland team. I think they're going to be really good. Um, yeah. You guys know that I'm a pretty firm believer in Evan Mobley. I think he's going to be the first or second best in be the draft class next to Cade. And,. He could be the best player on that team sooner than later. I, I think that's his ceiling. That's a bold statement with Donovan Mitchell being on that team. It, it is, but like, I, I think that's the kind of player we're dealing with with Mobley. And obviously, so what, you have Donovan do you, Mitchell. You have Darius Garland. Mm-hmm.
0: Do you and see him Don- more like a Kevin Dur- called Garnett type of player? Is that where what, what you see his mold as, like a Kevin Garnett?
2: Uh, I, I, I think they're different. I mean, okay. I don't think Garnett, I mean, look, Garnett's like a Hall of Fame talent. I'm not going to try to compare Mobley to Kevin Garnett, but I mean, there aren't many guys who are borderline seven footers. who can guard the perimeter and do all that stuff that Mobley can do on defense and offensively. He has all the tools to be very successful. It has to put him together still, but there's a lot of upside down. And obviously they're just a very deep team. Like, Jared Allen's an all star, Kevin Love, Karis Levert, Isaac Okoro, all those guys are NBA players, high level NBA rotation players. So Cleveland's going to be really good. I think they have the chance to be more contenders than you're giving them credit for. Like, I don't necessarily think it's going to take a year. Like, I think they can really be knocking on the door this season. I don't, they're like behind Philly, they're behind Milwaukee, they're behind Boston, but they will be in the mix. Do you think they could beat Brooklyn in a seven game series? I, it, like Brooklyn, there's just obviously variables there outside of basketball that are hard to predict. They shouldn't be able to, but who knows? Um, so, yeah, I, I think Cleveland's a team to watch. I'll check a view on the Pelicans. Like, they have a chance. If Zion is you know can continue the trajectory that he was on before the injury that he's going to be a superstar and they have mm-hmm. several other high level borderline all-star caliber talents that could be a team that's like knocking on the door in the west golden yeah. state's really good four, four five yeah four five seed at least I, I mean probably even better than that like zion is a really amazing offensive talent and do you think they do you think they could get to the western conference finals Yeah, I mean, look, like, Golden State's great. The Clippers are really great. But beyond that, Phoenix is, like, just down in the dumps right now. Yeah. Pelicans could be, like, number three on that list. There's a case to be made. So, I I think the Pelicans could make the NBA Finals in, like, a perfect world. They have the – that's their ceiling, I think. I don't know if I'm Mm – I'm not going to predict them to get there. I think Golden State and the Clippers are, like – the top two teams going into the year, but what about the nuggets? Do you have them ahead of the nuggets? I I, I don't, but they're like in the mix with Denver and Dallas and Phoenix. I, I, okay. I think they're going to be a really good team. Um, Minnesota obviously is in that group too, but Cleveland and new Orleans are just two very fun, talented and deep teams with awesome starting fives. They're going to do a lot of interesting and unique things on both sides of the ball. So, I'm really big into those teams. And my third team. Third team, third team, third team. Who should I pick from my third team? I will just go ahead and. Hmm, I'll just say Denver. Like, speaking of the devil, like. Uh, if they're healthy, they're going to be really good.
0: Like, so original.
2: I, like, I know, but like. If they're healthy, they have maybe the second, first best player in the NBA, and Bones Highland, Jamal Murray, and Bones Highland, and Michael Porter Jr. And I think that's a very deep team. They they check a lot of boxes. Denver could make the finals this year. Like that's they are capable of doing that if everyone stays on the court. So yeah, I I they have the best player in the conference. Like that's that's an advantage and. I, I think Denver is very much a team to watch. Mm-hmm. Lucas, three non-sexual okay. players that intrigue you this year.
0: Okay. Um, I know Uriah wants me to say Bones Highland. I'm not going to say Bones Highland. Sorry, Uriah.
1: No, I was just taking a shot at Jokic.
0: Okay. Okay. Uh, <laughs> let me say this. Um, I will say Markel Foltz. Because I'm always going to be rooting for him. I'm going to say... This is a hard one. Because there's like 400 plus players to choose from. Um, I said Markel. I'll say LeBron James. Because I want to see whether or not he still has it. And then my last one here. That's a toughie. Uh, you know what? I'm going to say Julius Randle because depending on which Julius Randle New York gets, we'll make or break
2: the Knicks season. Why not? Let's throw a little chaos in there. All right. Anyone who is looking forward to watching Julius Randle, um, God bless you. (laughs) Good luck with that. Um, (laughs) That Yeah. Okay. Um, Three players. I, I... I don't want to say Zion because I just talked about Zion, but like uh, there's like obvious reasons to look at what Zion does. It's going to be fascinating to see what level he's at, how quickly he can return to form. If he does return to form, like the defense is a huge concern. He's a really bad defender right now. And that's a problem, but offensively, he could literally be one of the three, four best offensive players in the NBA. Like he, he averaged 27 points on absurd efficiency in really his first full NBA season, like, that's a special, special all-time offensive talent if he can put it all together. So, Zion i will will be one of my guys. Um, um Yeah, I mean, I'm just going to go down the list of personal favorites here. Like, Tyrese Halliburton is going to put up some numbers in Indiana. That seems not going to be very good, but he could very well, like, I, I forgot who I... Saw so type it, but he's like, Halliburton might lead the NBA and assists. And he's right. Like, Halliburton's capable of really putting up some numbers for the Pacers this year. And obviously, he's just like a great dude and a top tier leader for that franchise. Not that the Pacers are going to be like the most fun team to watch as a collective, but Halliburton individually is going to be quite, quite entertaining, in my opinion. Um, as far as the third guy, I'm very tempted to just say Poku for just to stay on brand. Uh, just but, I, I just mean, do a credits. I mean, it's it. just, I, I gotta go outside the box sometimes, you know? Uh, so disappointed. Uh, look, I'll just say this. I think Houston's going to be a lot of fun to watch this year. I think up from Shangun's gonna be really awesome.
0: You know what? I'm okay with you changing it to Shangun. You know what? I wanna change my Julius Randle to Shangun as well. I feel
2: Shangun and Pokoshevsky, my favorite European players in the Southwest Conference or division. Uh, I'll jump Um, jump on the Shangun boat. Yeah, Shangun's gonna be awesome. Jabari Smith is gonna be awesome. I would have picked him over Paolo if I was the Orlando Magic, but that's another story for another day. Houston's I thought, be
0: a really I, team. I thought you would have chosen
2: Chet Holgram over Palo. I if would have. Palo was number three. Um but yeah, so Houston's gonna be really good. I think Jalen Green is like pretty severely underrated at this point. He was putting on quite a show down the stretch last season. And I he has all the tools to be a really high level offensive engine for that team, so Rockets are going to be really bad, but they're going to be a fun kind of bad, whereas last season they were not very fun. So I I would advise anyone who has the opportunity to maybe tune into a couple Houston games. I just
0: feel really bad for Eric Gordon still being stuck there. I don't. He's
2: got a lot of fun guys to play with.
0: He's not winning his title there, though. Come on. Only
2: 15 guys won
0: a title every year technically
2: 17 now yeah well 17 well you know the same
0: all right chris uh i think on that note let's go ahead and uh
2: you got your three in right yeah let's go ahead and uh wrap things up all right to our (laughs) listeners as always thank you for tuning in to another episode of the Six cents podcast please like subscribe and follow along if you can we are on apple Podcasts, spotify google play and audible Or you can listen at our website, thesixersense.com. Or you can read our written work as well. We are on Twitter and Facebook at Sixersense. And until next time, peace out. Go Sixers. We'll have some predictions for you on the next pod, I believe. The NBA regular season is right around the corner. So, very exciting times. We'll talk to you all soon. Powered by Riverside.